thank you for listening today. I really appreciate it. And I just felt like in a mood to rant. So here comes your newest episode. I've been doing a lot of thinking lately about the political system in this country. Sorry, let me lean into the mic a little bit more. The political system in this country is something else. And unfortunately, I don't really know what direction to move because to me, there's a couple things that people that like liberty, which is a pretty big camp, but there are people on the right who do not care about freedom, what we generally think of the right. Now, I don't actually, I'm, I'm speaking in, in the normie statist terms, I guess, but to me, the left, you could put fascism right next to communism and socialism. Um, and then as you come more toward the middle, you get conservatism, uh, probably conservatism before then, and right populism. Then you keep coming to the right, you've got better conservatism and then constitutionalism. You keep going to the right, you get libertarianism. And then on the very far right, you've got anarchism. You've got no government at all. So on the left, really, the way that I view this is you've got hardcore, strong control on the left. And on the right, you have no government at all. And so that is how I view the left and right in my own personal view. However, I am not most people. That said, when I talk about the right in this discussion, I'm trying to use it in the terms you generally associate with. If you go far right, you're kind of in Gavin McInnes territory, even though I don't consider him far right. Uh, if you go really far right, you get to fascism, which is Nazism, which again, I group with the left, but most people do not. So using this paradigm, the paradigm that you're probably most familiar with as far as left and right, you know, left meaning uh, more Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders and Obama and right meaning more Rush Limbaugh and that kind of thing and Dennis Prager. Most people on the right are better on the issues than people on the left, at least certain ones. Now it depends on the individual that we are talking about because there are people on the left that are better on certain issues than people on the right. But generally speaking, people on the right are at least a little bit closer to freedom. Uh, I've been thinking lately, I really think that conservatives in a lot of ways are anarchists that can't, I don't want to sound too, too demeaning, but in a lot of ways it's with training root wheels. A, a really good analogy that Michael Malice draws, who I've been listening to lately, is that conservatives are progressives driving the speed limit. And you know, if, you, if the progressive mobile has their foot all the way down to the floor and they're speeding as fast as they can, 110, and about to go off a cliff, then the conservatives are going about 45. And I don't think every conservative can be described by that, but there's an alarming number of Republicans and people that call themselves conservatives that that is very much accurate about. And I've been struggling lately. I've been trying to figure out the political system, specifically in the United States, because number one, I'm not sure if, if a solution can be achieved politically. I am ever more convinced as time goes on that there is so much corruption that trying to vote our way out of it feels like trying to swim out into the ocean and hit land. It's insurmountable. You're going to drown long before you get there. Um, at times. Now, at other times, I, I don't think that. I think that, honestly, all it would take was a few big steps, which, again, is kind of 
sounds contradictory what I'm starting to say, but with a few steps, we could get back to a place where we're a lot better off. I mean, we, we came to this position in a few decades that where it's gotten significantly worse. We can get to a better situation if steps are made. Now, to me, a big thing that needs to change has got to be the way that politicians are held accountable. Um, if I'm speaking as a Republican, although I don't consider myself one at all, what there needs to be very clear, what's the best term? There needs to be very clear designations between the parties. So for instance, we just, we just had this infrastructure bill go through and my senator from South Carolina voted for it. I say my senator because he represents my state, voted for it. And the problem is he should have been warned going in by the chair of the Republican party Senator Graham, if you vote for this bill, then you can run for re-election, that's fine, but you're not gonna run as a Republican. You can run as independent or as a Democrat or with a smaller party, but once you vote for that bill, which is antithetical to our values, you will be disassociating yourself from our party and we will, do, we will respond in kind. Uh, and Mitch McConnell did the same stuff and they should have done the same thing. Another example of behavior like this is when Kasich, John Kasich, the governor of Ohio, once spoke at the DNC. I mean, if that's not an indication, then I don't know what is. He should have gotten a phone call saying, well, we're sorry, but you've chosen your road, so you're no longer a Republican. And the fact that the Republican Party cannot or will not do that shows how ineffective and weak they are. This would give people a choice because otherwise you're gonna go to the booth on election day and you're just gonna check a box and you don't care who you selected, what you're gonna do it without looking because the parties are almost identical. And it's terrible. There's no holding people to the standard. Another thing, another thing that Michael Malice said is that things are not going to change for the better until politicians are held responsible for what they're doing. And it's true. And the big thing is, I have a good friend, my, name, my, my friend who's named Matt, has, he didn't invent this originally, but he repeats it all the time. What are the politician's goals? Number one, to get elected. Number two, to get reelected. And number three is so far behind one and two that the politician can't even remember. And that's the truth. And so if they were to get a phone call after making a speech to the DNC or after signing on to the infrastructure bill, if they were to get that speech I just walked through that you're no longer part of the party, that would do volumes. Because think about it, that's gonna directly affect their ability to get reelected and that would really change things and one thing i've been saying to people all the time is if you're not being attacked by the mainstream media you may be doing the right thing but i can't tell so here's the problem people like my senator lindsey graham i can't think of the last time he was attacked by the mainstream media since the kavanaugh hearing that was what he, that was graham's big moment he came out and started yelling about people attacking Kavanaugh and everyone thought, oh, he's changed for the better now. No, no, he put out one statement about the time of the election said something about it being stolen and the media didn't like that. But since then, he's faded into the shadows and done absolutely nothing. Same with my governor, McMaster. It's very important to consider, is your government, is the person representing you that's supposed to be representing you, I, like Michael Malice, agree, you do not speak for me. I should, I should have edited in Ronan's voice from Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to do that at some point. But if 
your representative is not being attacked like Trump, like DeSantis, like Rand Paul, because if he dares to question Fauci. Oh my goodness, let me grab my smelling salts, I'm about to faint. It's so ridiculous. And if your government, if your representative, if your governor or senator is not being attacked like this, then consider, are they actually fighting for liberty or not? But this all, to go full circle, brings me back to the beginning. Can politics even save us? I mean, I think of the quote, I know I saw it on Facebook several years ago. It was probably around the time of, of Trump swearing in. The problem is you can vote yourself into socialism, but you have to shoot yourself out. And I'm not calling for violence. I'm not calling for violence. I want you to defend yourselves whenever you, there's a self-defense case but I'm not calling for political violence. In fact, I'm just talking about pol politics. Politics in its own way is violence because it follows the democratic process. That's what I'm against. I'm against the initiation of force. I want peace. I want people to live peacefully and to respect each other. And the problem is, I don't know if by voting you can change things because the problem is, again, can you get a politician that is not like the one I just mentioned, who has only three goals, which is to get elected, stay elected, and then forgets the third goal? There's very rare exceptions that you occasionally will get a Tom Corbin, which is a representative in South Carolina, or you'll get a Ron Paul. But the thing is, that is one good apple. Instead of the bad apple in every barrel, we're talking about a barrel, a bushel of apples that has only one or two good ones. And the question is, is it worth it having the bad bushel of apples shipped in if you're only gonna get one or two in? Or do you need to just stop ordering apples from that orchard? And that's where I'm at. So I hope that this means something to you. Consider when you walk into that voting booth. Thank you, I'm the renowned reviewer.